What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devotional with Trust in Jesus Ministries. And we are going through the um, the whole saga of the birthright stealing. And then now we're on the blessings that's been stolen and the fallout from that. And uh, we're actually I've been saying it for, I guess, a couple of episodes now. But this is kind of the end. This is the final reaction. We get the reaction that happens for Esau after he hears what happens to Jacob. And so if you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and read Genesis chapter 28, 6 through 9. And if you've already read it, man, we're going to go ahead and jump into it, man. So what is the author conveying? What's he trying to say? What's going on, actually? that That's not what the author's trying to get. What's going on in the story? Well, uh... It says that that Esau heard that Jacob got a blessing, man, that, that his father blessed him and sent him to go get a um, wife from uh, the uh, from their mom's brother or their cousin. And so uh, he goes and he's like, all right, that means uh, I need to get me a wife from a different person because I guess it finally hit him. It finally resonated in him that the parents weren't too happy about the fact that he married these uh, women from uh, Hittite, these Hittite women, these Canaanite women. Like It finally dawned on him that this was not the thing that um, their parents wanted to do. He heard that Isaac said, don't marry this, these people. <laughs> and so he kind of like was like, dang, that's what I did. And so he goes and he tries to, to, to marry these people. Uh, or he goes and tries to marry someone else. And so who he marries was actually a, another cousin. So this time he tried to keep it in a family. But instead of going to the family of the promise, which was the connection that is with uh, Abraham in regards to the Aramean, which is Laban and Bethuel, um, he goes to Ishmael, which was actually the the outcast, the son of the slave, the uh the one who was uh, sent away, and he marries that one. And so what, what are we getting here? What, what, what's the author trying to say? What's he trying to convey? Because it, 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 it's funny. We see that a lot of times when we compare the two, Isaac, Ishmael, there's always maybe a place, uh, and then Ish, or Isaac is there rather than Ishmael. And he supplants Ishmael because he's also the second born rather than the first. And so it shows that he has the blessing or that he is the child of the promise. But then now we're seeing uh, Esau connecting with that, saying that now Jacob is the one who is the child of the promise. He's the one in which uh, the world will be blessed through He's the lineage to say, for lack of a better word, where Jesus is coming from and not Esau, because now Esau has aligned himself with the wrong team. He has aligned himself with Ishmael. And so what is this uh, uh, saying about God? How does all of this connect to what who God is? Well, the sovereign decisions of God over all things. So this is uh, um, this is God making the choice of Jacob before things are even happening. But what's what I the reason I say it's the sovereign decision of God over all things is because these things have already been decided beforehand. I think Paul says in Romans that it was before one did good or bad that he said Jacob 
will be uh, the older will serve the younger. So Jacob will be the one to receive the blessing, the one to carry on in the promise, in the covenant that was made with Abraham. And so the reason I say it's the sovereign decision again is because we are actually just recognizing or seeing all of these things playing out by the choices that Jacob and Esau are making. What what makes it so crazy, though, and, and, and so this we also see about God is his graciousness, not in this particular passage, uh, but but what it is, is is crazy to see the graciousness of God because it's not like any of them are making good decisions. None of them are making like the the right choices. You know, uh, Esau is is definitely selling his birthright, which is everything that he is supposed to possess as the firstborn, all of his rights as being the the uh, was a progenitor or the firstborn is being, he gave away for a bowl of stew. So, I mean, that ain't the right choice. But then at the same time, Jacob ain't making the right decisions either by stealing the blessing or gaining this blessing in a deceptive way rather than God just bestowing it upon him. And so it's it's not like anybody's doing the right thing here. But what we do see is that God being gracious is going to give the promise to Jacob despite the wrong actions that he does. Ain't that a blessing, man, that God would give us the blessing that we can be blessed and and be in relationship, in good relationship, because we're in relationship with God in both ways. It's either a bad one or a good one, but we can be in a good and fruitful and wonderful relationship with him because of his graciousness rather than anything that we can do because, man, we have totally, totally missed the bar. And then I think, uh, what can we see about man? That's that's the next question is what can we see about man? Is that, man, that we do things to move about the, 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 the purposes of God. Our actions carry about the purposes of God. And that's a wonderful thing to think in one aspect, the fact that God has bestowed on us uh, um, the way in which the world moves. That's really cool. Um, and But it has ramifications as well because it, it just it allows us to take every action or know that every action that we take has consequences. And there's something that's happening because of what we're doing. And I pray in an application that it would be good that we're doing, that we're blessing this world, cultivating and increasing in the goodness of this world, growing the wonder and the beauty of God and all that he stands for and his kingdom in this world. But second, I think uh, what negates all of what I just said is that we try and save ourselves. Esau, when he saw that his father was messed up, still longing for that blessing, still desiring for that um, uh, that purpose that he would be the firstborn and that he would gain all the things that was given to Jacob. He tries to go and marry somebody he thinks that that Isaac is going to like because his father was mad that he married the Canaanite women, the Hittite women. 
It didn't work, though. And we don't ever hear any mention or, or anything about Jacob, or I'm sorry, about Isaac finding pleasure in the thing that Esau would do. It don't work. So another application. We can't save ourselves. I, I bounce back and forth between man and application, but I'm going to flat out make the last application here is that we cannot save ourselves. This this action of thinking we can do something to please the Heavenly Father is, uh, is way off base. It's gone, man. We're in foul territory. There's no way for us to gain salvation through our own merit and action. The only way we can do that is to find favor and grace, is to bow before and to plead for the mercies of God. And so today I want to ask you, man, have you trusted in Jesus? Have you trusted that he alone can give us life? That only through him that we can find peace and hope. Have we trusted in that fact that he can save us from our sins for we have all broken his law and we can see it in every aspect of our life. And if we've trusted that he can save us from that and redeem us and give us a relationship with him, man, that is wonderful. That's wonderful. Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening, man. And uh, if you trusted in him today, man, let somebody know. Thank you, God, for that one who has seen you and known you for the first time. But we also thank you, God, for the one who has known you for a while but has now decided to trust you a little bit more because they've seen your faithfulness. Amen.